As we all can say that this historical event, the Diocese of Rapid City, know that I, I can speak on behalf of all the priests, so we are blessed by your presence. I mean, I see people from all over the whole diocese here today, and that says something very important. It says something very important. I want to acknowledge in a very special way the members of the family of Nicholas of this is truly a blessed day for you and for your family, again, for all of us. Um, but it's, uh, it's uh, so, again, welcome to all of you. My heart is full of joy for this event, for this occasion. You know, in the Gospel today, we heard these words, Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar, and to God the things that are God. Certainly, I think these words are all too familiar to most of us, anyway. Not, not only was it a, re, a response to expose those who sought to entrap Jesus as hypocrites, but it was an invitation, I think, for all of us to live appropriately in this world, but with a greater view on God Himself. In particular, render to God the things that are God's invites us to acknowledge by the way that we live our lives the words from Isaiah that we heard in the first reading. He said, I have called you by name. He says, I have called you, each one of you by name. I am the Lord and there is no other. There is no God besides me. It is I who arm you. you know me not, so that toward the rising and the setting of the sun, people may know that there is none besides me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. Now these words, what Jesus is saying in the Gospel is, is that the justice of true holiness, we all desire holiness, right? We all desire holiness. He said the justice of true holiness means a consistent returning each thing to its proper creator and owner. The coin which is a tribute to Caesar, return it to Caesar. And man's immortal soul, return to God. In other words, you and I, every single one of us, have been created in God's image and likeness. Think about that. You, each one of us, have been created friend relates to a friend, a 
as a lover relates to a lover. God's desire and his whole purpose in creating you and me in his image is so that he can relate to us and so that we can relate to him. And so our highest obligation in life and the one that is imposed on every man, woman, and child regardless of nationality or citizenship really is to give ourselves back to the Creator. To give ourselves back to the Creator. And Jesus, as a revelation of the Father, was inviting his audience in the Gospel into this relationship of love. He was inviting his audience in the Gospel, the ones who were rejecting him. In spite of his feeling, his experience of rejection, he was still inviting them into this relationship. Friends, this relationship is meant to be sought anew every day, each and every day. Because the Lord always has more for each of us. He has more to give to us, more to share with us, a deeper love to penetrate our hearts. And this includes being docile to His will, seeking His will every day devoting our lives to him and working for his kingdom of mercy, love, and peace. And we're always remember that this relationship with Jesus is not done in private. It's not a do-it-yourself and a do-it-yourself way. But it is in communion with and mediated through the church of God. That's why we gather here. This relationship with encounter with our Lord Jesus is a communal experience. It's the church who perpetuates Christ's saving mission in the world. And like the seven liturgical sacraments that we celebrate, the church is both a sign and an instrument of God's grace. As a sign, the church points the faith of the human being toward communion with God and one another in this life. An eternal union forever in the next. As an instrument, the church makes communion with God possible by the means of the gifts given to her by Jesus himself, her doctrine, her laws, and the sacramental life. The church then is the sacrament of Jesus Christ. And the church makes Christ's work of salvation visible and accessible. Now think about, for a moment, how your faith was passed down to you. How was your faith passed down to you? Someone introduced you to Christ and to this church. Right? Someone was a missionary.
began as he actively engaged the spirit inside of God. He actively engaged the spirit that he knew who was inside of him. And from a very early age, there was this openness to the spirit of God in his life, from a very early age. Because God truly is the Lord of all history. He cares for all, for the least things to the great events. And then he guides history to its fulfillment in Christ. Nicholas Blackwell's conversion was a fulfillment. It was a fulfillment in Christ of his own history. God used a personal invitation from a Jesuit priest to lead this child of God, Nicholas Blackwell, down the new path to becoming this great disciple in the Catholic faith. Blackout's love for the Lord and the sacred scriptures led him to become this catechist, as we know. Fulfilling not only his mission, but fulfilling the sacred mission of all disciples. To attract and inform intentional disciples who joyfully, boldly, and lovingly proclaim and live the mission of Jesus Christ, leading to eternal life. He didn't hear these words back then because this is the mission statement of the Diocese of Rapid City right now. Even though he didn't hear those specific words, he lived those specific words. For 50 years, Nicholas Blackwell lived his mission in leading others to Christ. In spite of the persecution that he faced, in spite of the persecution the Lakota nation faced as a whole, he remained connected to that inner spirit in him, which led him out into the world to proclaim Jesus as Lord and Master the Lord of all life. And as we know, he used whatever means was available to him to, to, to lead others to conversion. Most famous, the two roads map is, is a catechism. You know, the black road versus the red road. The red road leading to this deeper life in Christ and the Spirit. He embraced the mission to which he had been called, to really to which all of us have been called, to help others live in the balance of the Lakota culture and the Catholic culture leading to the life of Jesus. He melded whatever he could from his own culture into his Christian life. Because this enculturation can always reveal something of the true nature and holiness of God. And in living this life and challenge people to renew themselves. He challenged people to seek this life that Jesus Christ offers them. You know, for black folk, the ills that engulfed his people could be remedied. This is in his mind and heart. They could be remedied through adoption of religious practice that he modeled. about which he preached. In his local missionary newsletter, he wrote, and this is from Nicholas Blackwell, Medicine Man, he said, I spoke plain, I spoke mainly on Jesus. I spoke mainly on Jesus when he was on earth, the teachings and his sufferings. This was in his heart. He said, I myself do a lot of these things. I suffer and I try to teach my people the things that I wanted them to learn. But it's never done. And of course we all know Christ's work is never done. Never done. We're all 
like Nicholas Blackhawk have been called into the missionary field. All of us. Because our baptism leads us there. Our baptism in Jesus leads us there. And like Nicholas Blackhawk, if we are docile to the Lord's will, devoting, devoting our lives to Him because there is no other, we will be working out, working for His kingdom mercy and love and peace. We can't live isolated religious lives, not if we believe that the reign of God is in our midst. You and I are called to be God's servants and instruments of Christ's love in building and advancing the kingdom, just as Nicholas Black was. Each of us has to decide how we can participate in this mission field and how we're called to participate. Each of us have our own unique set of gifts and talents that the Lord desires to use to bring the message of His Son into this world, no matter where we find ourselves. But we must interiorly possess, interiorly possess God's love. This is the basis of spirituality, and this is the heart of following Jesus. It's our pathway to this inner freedom and love all of us so long So lives focused on and live for Christ brings about this true freedom. Anything and everything else can enslave us. And oftentimes it does. In the end, repaying God what belongs to God is called the Christian life. Repaying God what belongs to God, which is us, ourselves is called the Christian life. Jesus lived his interior life. How? By pouring himself into his life's all and ministry. He lived on the outside what he experienced on the inside. The Father's profound love of him. You know, like Nicholas Blackwell, we are all on the And perhaps we might think we have ways to go out. But the call is here. The time is now. And the grace is ours by God's divine generosity. You know, today we come and we, we worship at this altar. We come and worship at this altar in which Jesus which Jesus himself continues to serve us from his divine generosity and love being present here in his living sacrifice. When we worship at other altars, we forget oftentimes who we believe. So today, once again, we give the Lord glory and honor. We give to God what is his by accepting the
The life of Nicholas Black Elk Sr. has been well documented since the time of his death and even before on August 17, 1950. In living his life as a dedicated catechist, as a spiritual leader in God, I think we would all agree that he inspired many to live before Christ by his own life and by his own story. As I mentioned earlier in his own search for God, he found a way to merge the Lakota culture and the Catholic culture that drew him deeper into the mystery of Christ's love and his church. And one of the things that, that is required for sainthood and to initiate a cause for sainthood and what has been expressed to me in regards to Nicholas Blackwell is a reputation of holiness that has spread among the faithful about purity and integrity of life of the servant of God and about the virtues he practiced, he or she practiced to a heroic degree. Another one of the requirements is establishing a reputation of intercessory power spread among the faithful about the graces and favors received from God through the intercession of the servants of God. Friends, this is what has been expressed to me about Nicholas Blackwell Sr. All of these things. And that's why we're here today. As we know, the process for the candle of cause for beatification and for the canonization for Nicholas is a long one, right? This is a long one. This is the very beginning. The first phase involves gathering testimony about his life and about his virtues. Both public and private writings are collected and then they're examined. This documentary, documentary phase of this process can take many years. But this is the phase in which we begin today for this servant of God, Nicholas Blackwell Sr. Where the process ends, we hope it ends, the canonization of the saints, but where the process ends is now up to the Holy Spirit and the congregation for the cause of saints. Our task now is to continue to gather more information and testimony about his life and pray as the body of Christ. Pray that he is found worthy to have his cause move forward. That's our role now. So at this time, I would ask that the decree to initiate the cause of the edification and canonization of the servants of God, the servants of God, Nicholas Blackwell Sr., to please be brought forward.
dearly beloved in Christ. In the name of the family of Nicholas Blackwell Sr., William John White, appointed as postulator and approved by myself as postulator, requested to me to initiate the cause of the application and canonization of Nicholas Blackout Sr., a Lakota catechist of the Diocese of Rapid City, who died on August 19, 1950, at Pine Ridge, South Dakota, in this diocese. After having consulted my brother bishops in Region 8, the region in which we live, as far as the across the country, having consulted my brother bishops in Region 8 and the faithful of this diocese, and having verified the existence of the true and wisest reputation of sanctity enjoyed by him during his life and growing ever stronger after his death, I, the most reverend Robert B. Bruce Bishop of Rapid City, do hereby make public petition of William White, the postulator of this cause, and thus declare that I am initiating the cause of the application and canonization of the servant of God, Nicholas William Blackwell, Sr. In conformity with the norms to be observed in the inquiries made by bishops in the cause of saints, published by the Congregation for the Cause of Saints, on February 7, 1983, I also call upon any and all who may have useful information regarding the cause of the application and canonization of Nicholas Blackwell to bring such documents, materials, and information to my attention. Given at Pine Ridge, South Dakota, on this 21st day of October 